¿Qué pasa, mi gente? ¿Qué pasa, mi gente? This is George Torres, the Urban Hibaro, and you're now listening to the Copy Cuso live from Brooklyn, New York. Mi gente, it is Latino Heritage Month. That's right, Latino Heritage Month. And we're going to get it popping tonight. We have a great show for you. Tonight, we're going to be talking about eating healthy on a budget. That's the first thing that we have going on today with Malena Nutrición. Um, we're really excited to have her here. She uh, had reached out to us online when she saw the Puerto Familia campaign popping off, and we definitely want to get her feedback on how we can eat healthy on a budget. And then the second part of the show, we have the Latism crew. That's right, back after four years, we're about to set off the next Latism, the next generation of Latism conferences here in New York, and that's going to be happening in a couple of weeks. Actually, no, the end of this week. Uh, and the Latism crew is actually going to be joining us today to talk a little bit about the mission and where they're headed. So let's get it, let's get it popping. This is it, the Capicu Show. Let's go. All right, mi gente. I'm back on the line here, and uh, you know, this this shows anything can happen. Anything can happen. I'm here with myself tonight, so I'm holding it down. Um, I have to let you know that um, during the last couple of days, Capicu, uh, Sofrito, we've all really been busy. Uh, we had a lot of things going on. We just had our uh, fundraiser for the Coalition for the Homeless in this last week, and it's like I can't even tell you how incredibly fortunate we are to have a community like the folks that actually support us here on the Capicu Show. Um, we, um, I, I mean, <laughs> I got to tell you, man, it was just an amazing, amazing turnout. We ended up with boxes and boxes and boxes of school supplies for the kids. Uh, we had members from almost every single organization that does poetry imaginable in New York City. We had people coming in from out of state. We had people coming in from uh, Jersey. I mean, just really bananas. It was just nuts. Um, we had uh, young ladies from Soledad Speaks that came through to promote their show, uh, which is going to be happening uh, as of October 8th at Teatro Yati in West 4th Street in New York City. Um, if you want more information about that, you need to go to SoledadSpeaks.com so you can find out a little bit more about that. I think the people that were at the Capitu show were definitely impressed with uh, what they saw. And uh, that was just the words. I mean, you know, the the, the director of that show, um, Linda Nieves Powell from Joso Latina, has put together an amazing show, crime media type of thing that, you know, it's going to be pretty amazing. So if you have any questions or anything, get at solidarspeaks.com. If you want to call in tonight for our show, the number here is 646-716-7745. I'm having a little bit of a... A tech glitch here with some of my sounds, you know, my sounds for the day, uh, but we're getting that fixed right away. Um, also, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Capicu Culture. That's the one Twitter name for the whole organization. That's for the radio show, for the live shows, for the college uh, college shows. Everything that we do is, uh, you know, you can you can find out more about it at Capicu Culture uh, on Twitter. You can also reach out to us 
Oh, meetup.com. Meetup.com is an interesting platform because what we've done with Meetup is we've actually not only put our shows on there, but shows that we attend as a group, as friends, uh, things that we support. Um, so Meetup actually has a lot more uh, meat and potatoes than the Facebook and, and whatnot because we really, really try to support a lot of people in our community uh, by by way of their promoting their events and actually attending their events. So if you want to really hang out with the Copy Cool crew, that's probably the best way to do it is just on meetup.com slash culture. Sign up. We're going to be having some discounts on some uh, upcoming shows. Definitely want to hit us up there and uh, and get involved with the meetup crew. Um, what else do we have going on? Um, so hold on one second. Got this music popping in real quick. <laughs> Somebody call me, 646-716-7745. Um, hmm. Hold on once. Yeah. Let's try this again. Here we go. website 
Um, your name is Marlena Perdomo, and you're a registered dietitian in private practice in Denver, Colorado, and you're a star nutritionist for the Live Well Colorado campaign for Latinos. You're a certified okay. diabetes educator whose work, whose work includes counseling families and groups to help them with lifestyle changes, and you collaborate with community research programs teaching nutrition for the Latino community of Denver. You're also very involved in developing cons- uh, consumer-oriented print and video materials on general nutrition, diabetes, and other topics geared towards Latinos. So I see no other, you know, there's, there's more than enough reasons to have you on the show, but one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on the show was for us to really have a long discussion about, um, you know, just about eating healthy and, and also eating healthy on a budget because a lot of our Latinos, as you know, uh, complain that eating healthy is too expensive. And that's been something that's come up quite constantly on our um, in our chats online. So, you know, we wanted to have you on so you could talk a little bit about that. Sure. Well, thank you for the nice introduction, George. I got to say that I have, uh, when I go out in my community, I also get that same, same discussion that eating healthy foods or even organic foods is too expensive for me and how to do it, how to really break down the budget and how to save money and not really feel guilty that you're not feeding your family the organic foods, let's suppose. But what I teach people actually is to go back to the basics. I don't know if you um, um, have heard that back in the old days they used to have home economics classes here in school, and that disappeared um, probably in the 60s or 70s, and I think we should go back to it. I think we should go back to looking at our home and how to economize, how how to really budget our our spending and coming back to simple things like doing a food list, um, having, um, having a, um, creating a, a meal plan for the whole week and not really out of a sudden you're out of, wor- you're out of, out of your work and you're in the car and kids are screaming and the first thing you're going to do is stop at the first fast food restaurant that you can get because you haven't planned ahead what to eat or what to cook that day. So it goes back to that. So that and that's really what happens to me most of the time. I've discussed this plenty of times on the show where um, the biggest downfall that I have is I have a very busy lifestyle, and when I don't plan my meals, that's when I get in trouble. That's when I, I you know, I end up at a burger place or I end up at the pizzeria having things that are necessarily not going to be conducive of me having good glycemic levels. So I can right. definitely understand that. And as far as as far as the home economics is concerned, they actually had. The, I mean, I was in high school when they still had a home economics classes, and that was actually towards uh, I would say the late '80s. Um, so yeah, unfortunately, it's not something that's offered today. But uh, I still do remember um, having those types of classes and 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 trainings. Uh, it was very helpful back then. Right, and also something else that people um, do. You know how we eat every day and sometimes we take it for granted that we have to do it or that hunger is going to hit um and just like we brush our teeth and all just like we have to budget our checking account it's the same thing it's just have having to sit down with your family and looking at the budget at the expense of food and figuring out how much um, are we allowed to spend in our food and trying to stick to that and checking your schedule, checking when it's going to be 
those busy, busy times and how to cook a healthy meal on a spot when you get home. Um, but the, the menu planning and also the budgeting is something that I see all the time in my family because I have a family of four, but my budget with my food is probably higher than most people because I cook a lot and I also do it for for my work and where I develop recipes, but I know exactly how much I spend per month on foods. And I try myself not to um, go over that because, you know, I'm going to go bankrupt. I'm going to get my husband to start telling me what's going on. We're spending so much money on food. Or when we decide to go out, we actually have to, like, figure it out. Is this our one a week night to go out should we can we do a little bit more should we do a little bit less than we have than we usually do so um how to shop smart is also a good idea and how to how to um create that list and believe it or not i just saw a study in where people who are tired and they go to the grocery store people who are kind of like sleep deprived especially men guess what happens they shop more foods, and they shop for more of the high-calorie foods. So even paying attention to little things like that. Wow. See, I wasn't have thought that. I know, I, know, I know better not to go to the supermarket when I'm hungry. I do know that much. Right, and now you can go sleepy. <laughs> I know I can't go sleepy either. I don't go anywhere when I'm sleepy, really, but okay. Right, and these <laughs> no, right, and this also happened with teenagers. With teenagers, they, when they are sleep deprived, they don't go for the healthy foods. They go for the salty. They go for the high calorie foods, and um, so we have to look at how are we eating and create that meal planning for the whole week, and come up with what what is it going to give. Um, maybe checking the schedule, like I said, and also looking at how are they eating. Like, for instance, you know how we have the my plate and people tend to forget the vegetable, maybe trying to remember, got to get one vegetable in every dinner, at least a vegetable, and planning that way so that when you are in the grocery store or where, or um, doing your Sunday night shopping for the week, Think of having one vegetable for Monday, one vegetable for Tuesday, one for Wednesday, and so forth, and the same for the fruits. Um, having at least maybe a fruit a day or two fruits a day will make a huge difference. Um, when you go to the grocery store and start counting, okay, how many are in my family? If I have four, I'm going to get eight apples. I'm going to get eight of this, eight of that, so that it will last me for the next five days. Okay. That, that, and you know what? That's that's key. Um, with, like I said, with me, it's just about planning it and trying to figure out what 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 exactly I need to have uh, in front of me every day in terms, of, especially snacks. Like, what are some of the, what are some ideas of snacks that you could have that are um, that are inexpensive, that are good for you, that you know can actually be filling. You know, the one snack that I promote a lot is just uh, the real the real fast food snacks, which is fruit and vegetables. 
and cut up vegetables. Those are those are the deal. You're gonna get the fiber, you're gonna get the nutrition there. Um and hopefully it will fill you a little bit better. But if you are supposedly already doing well with that department of fruits and vegetables, then I will consider saying something like why not um you know get get a yogurt. Uh, one of those nice Greek yogurts they have a high protein content um, no need to get the fat. You could probably even mix it up with some of the fresh fruits that you have in the kitchen that before they go bad, just add it in the yogurt. Another idea is just to have and make yourself a smoothie or make yourself aguas frescas like we have in our in our in our culture, aguas frescas, but with, not so much with so much of the sugar. Make yourself your own juice and then um, check it out. See if you can make it without the sugar. And if it needs a teaspoon here or a teaspoon there, that's okay. But it will be it will make a huge difference if someone um, plans ahead and puts it in their purse or in their briefcase and or in the car when kids are hungry and you pick them up and they're screaming in the back of the car. If you have in the car to just feed them and get get them going until you get dinner going, it will make a difference um, instead of, oh, they're screaming, now what do I do? Or my I'm hungry and I see a vending machine and I'm going for the soda. So planning ahead is, is important. But also other, other, going back to the question of the snacks, um, maybe have like hummus, hummus and carrots, um, and you can easily um, – if you have the time, make your own hummus. If not, um, maybe those are some things that you might want to spend money on. Or even having like like um, a yogurt dip. If you buy like a like a, a Greek yogurt plain and add some lemon to it and salt to it, it will become kind of like a ranch dip. And you can just give that to the children and everyone can be happy with some sliced cucumbers or sliced celery. The other snack that I also promote a lot is the peanut butter. I think it's a great deal of protein is that you can give, and they can have it with apples too. I hate peanut butter. <laughs> well, now they make now they make um, almond butter, and you can even learn how to make your own almond butter. I haven't gotten that far, but I tell you, I love the fact that anything that is more vegetarian. When people think, "Oh, vegetarian, I'm not vegetarian, I don't want to do it," well, one of the most expensive things out there is meat. Um, and if we can plan a meal with no meat at least once a week, it will make a difference in that budget too. And peanut butter can oh, help. Wow. Yeah, sometimes I do. I grab kale, and then the, uh, when I cook the kale, I take it, I I mix it a little bit with the water, and I put chili peppers. And if you put a little bit of almond butter in there, it will make that kale taste so good. You got to try it. Got you, got you. All right, so so we already know that um, we can't go to the supermarket sleepy or hungry. We know we have to have a list of plans. Um, now, once you're in the supermarket and you start, like, looking at brands and whatnot, what, what are some of the strategies you have in terms of picking different brands uh, or, or, you know, some misleading labels? I know there's a lot of misleading labels in terms of what's healthy for you. So how do you navigate yeah. that whole uh, scene when you get to the uh, supermarket? 
Yes, and label is one of the oldest tactics to use because you can totally learn what is it that you're eating, and depending on your nutrition information that you have in front of you, you can decide, you know, do I really, really need this, or should I choose a lower fat or not, or do I really need the regular one? So reading the food labels is is is, is plain old habit that should stay definitely. But the other thing is using grocery store ads, um, clipping coupons. Now, however, beware um, that some of the coupons you're going to find are going to be junk foods or processed foods. So just kind of stay away from those and just look at the grocery store ads, see if there is the wild salmon on sale, is the fish on sale. Um, also, going online in the grocery stores that you shop and see if they have any coupons online that you can bring to the store. Um, there are some good sales on organic food sometimes that I find in my grocery stores um, on organic brands like pasta sauce or um, things like popcorn. Um, sometimes I find great deals. So don't um, use those um, ads and grocery store ads ahead. Also, um, trying to look at the price unit. Um, there's that little cost right there, choosing the lowest price per unit. That's that's key. It's just going back to math, you know, going and, and deciding which one doesn't make sense and compare the cost of different sizes, even on the same brand, because they will be different. Um, if you buy the smaller amount, or should you buy the the bulk amount? Um, but be careful, though. Don't be buying the bulk amounts on things that you don't actually need, and it's so tempting to do that, you know. Um, and also, I would say um, stick to your list. Stick to your list, and if you can um, find any great deals in the grocery store when you're there, then if you can afford it, you can stay out of it and then go ahead and get that in you. Another idea that people do is that they stay around the perimeter of the store and they try to avoid those aisles where they have a lot of, like, sodas and chips and um, crackers and all of those things because I, I tell you, it's tempting. And they, they, for some reason, especially if you're hungry, like you said, they start ending up, you know, they're going to start jumping into your cart. So stay away from those and just kind of stay on the perimeter of the store and only go in if you really need to, to get your, like, pasta or rice or um, beans. Um, but l l going down, too, I mean, when I say going down, I mean, like, when you when you stay to the eye level of the foods, those foods are going to be usually a little bit more the brand names. But if you just go down a little bit and look at the lower level shelves, you're going to find good deals. You're going to have dry beans. That's where you find, like, rice. That's where you find things that are probably not brand names. They're probably the names, brand names of the store, and they're a lot cheaper than the ones that are to your eye level. I don't know if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So just going down now, a little bit or just looking up, too. Now, now one of the things that I just found out recently, because I started – taking in a lot more beans. Um, and uh, and when I started, uh, you know, obviously because of my schedule, it's really hard for me to, you know, soak beans and, and just prep food sometimes. So I did get some canned beans, and I found out that the sodium content in a canned bean is just so much higher 
than than actually soaking the beans. So now I have to, you know, I have to try to make some time to, to actually do the soaking. But um, is that the, is that the case with a lot of different canned foods? Mm-hmm. You can do that. They actually did a study where if you um, rinse your beans, you can decrease the sodium content by forty percent. So just by just by rinsing it like you're doing it, and you know you know how you have your website, and I love it that you call it sofrito. Don't forget those sofritos that we can make to add in our beans in order to give them that great flavor um, to our to those canned beans. Um, no need to really um, be buying the regular salt. Just buy the lower salt and still rinse them, and then make your sofrito and make sure it's really good. And then you add on what you like and into your beans, and that's when it give that's what that's what it's going to give the right flavor to that to those beans. Okay. Now, um, one of the things that comes up a whole lot. When, when, especially, I, I, I was talking to a friend of mine named Melinda Gonzalez the other day, and one of the things that comes up a lot is the uh, genetically modified uh, foods, GMOs. Correct. So, is there is, is there a way to really avoid GMOs when you're in a, in a regular traditional supermarket that's not like Whole Foods or or something that's more you know with more organic food? If you go to a regular supermarket, is it possible to to find inexpensive food that's actually GMO free? Actually, not yet. Not yet. We don't have that in our labels yet. Hopefully, it will happen. I know that near you, Connecticut, is one of the states that have passed the law, but they can't implement it until nearby states, I don't know how many of them, have to also um, have passed that law. Um, they didn't feel like it was fair for just them to do it. So hopefully it will come up, and we need to raise awareness that Yes, we need to have that label um, in our food. We want to know. I think consumers are wanting to know what things are made with GMO. And let's get, let's just get back a little bit. What does that mean, GMO? is just genetically modified organisms. I asked my child um, a, a few hours ago, what do you think is GMO? And he said, uh, genetically modified humans. <laughs> so it it is what it is. It's actually just um, as the seeds or uh, in agriculture, um, they were genetically altered in order to um, to reduce, um, you know, use of pesticides or to um, also, yeah, it was made mainly to sustain the agriculture. And the GMO can, um, we don't know, but they say that most processed foods, about 80, I've seen statistics about 70, um, I've seen statistics about 80% of processed foods contains those GMO. It is or is made with ingredients that are GMO. And we're talking about things like GMO corn, GMO soybeans, um, GMO, uh, high fructose corn syrup, all of that. So if we can raise awareness that, you know, processed foods is going up, anything that is way too convenient is going up in price. If we can raise awareness for people to round them up and just um, create awareness about healthy foods and real foods and about organic farming, um, 
I think we're going to be in a good in a good direction. Um, I don't think, um, um, and I, from what I read, and I'm not an expert, um, George, on this, but I think we're still waiting for more research on the debate if GMO is it really really toxic for us or not. That's still very debatable out there. It's a huge fight, but I think definitely we need to have that in our labels. And um, and that's going to come soon to to your state state I hear, um, but the more we can support, um, the other way we can do this is by supporting for those who can afford, is organic foods support support um, organic farming support uh, your local farmers, and also sustainable way of raising um, crops. Um, farmers market maybe perhaps um, join some of the agricultural um, um, extension um, sort of farm in where you pay a fee for the share and you get produce um, throughout the the months of of summers and you know getting to know your farmer and, and asking them are they organic are they using organic as they're not what are they doing but um that one way to avoid GMO is just by, I would say, you know, stay away from processed food. That's my way of saying be careful. But we know, and I know, I eat, for instance, I I eat chips every once in a while. Do I know they contain GMO, yes or no? I don't know. Um, but in moderation, um, hopefully it will be okay, but um, if we can avoid a lot of processed foods in our home, then we're doing a great thing for our family. That's awesome. Now, I have one last question. How can people get in touch with you if they want to consult with you on a health-related project? You know, um, through my website, and I'm very active also in Facebook, and it's um, if they find my website, malenanutricion.com, there's a Facebook. They can like me in Twitter. I'm not as active in Twitter as I wish. But in Facebook, I, what I try to do, George, is that people get excited about eating and get excited about cooking again and, um, and not feeling guilty also for not being able to afford all those healthy foods out there. I mean, you can just um, come up with a quick meal for your family um, trying to stay within the good, healthy eating guidelines, which, you know, just have some protein on your plate, not too much. Maybe um, one pound should be good enough to feed a family of four. Um, so those are things that I remind people of, and, and through Facebook I do that a lot. Um, and I'm so glad that you're helping Porto Familia. I'm also an uh, educator here in town for the Porto Familia, the American Diabetes Association, and I, I love it. I, I love it, yes. It's a great program. Now, one last thing. Somebody just uh, asked me on a private chat. Um, why do you think that uh, fast food restaurants charge so much for salads but so little for hamburgers and uh, junk, you know, chicken nuggets? Correct. And that's, when you would that's think just... that obviously beef would, especially when you, <laughs> yeah, think, we need... you think the meat is more expensive, you know. So why would salad and, and Tomatoes, uh, lettuce and tomatoes actually cost more than, than meat and cheese and sometimes even lettuce and I, tomato on it. Yes, yes, and and, and it's so true. He's, he's, he's right. He's right on. You you get a salad, you get like five something. Um, 
And you can get a medium fries, what, not one ninety nine, and you can get a, a a small cheeseburger like maybe I don't know one dollar and twenty cents or thirty cents, something like that, um, because it's expensive to um, um, produce and salads are expensive items for the restaurants. Um, I will say that it it, it will be it, it will be hopefully so. Um, so much better for fast foods to round up and say, you know, let's let's make it the same, or hopefully let's offer a better deal for the salads, or let's go back to maybe some sort of salad bar, kind of like where you can decide and say, I want all that lettuce, and then I want this, I want this or that. I think that will be great. Or maybe making a, a healthy drive-through salad place. That, that's going to be a money maker there. But yes, it is expensive <laughs> to grow fruits and vegetables. It is, um, and then it costs more. It costs more. Um, the the thing that I would do is to think about even when you go to the grocery store. You know, a head of lettuce will it's a lot cheaper. It's like ninety nine cents. But when you look at the bag of lettuce that will only feed, let's see, four people, it will be like three dollars. So being creative and being smart and or maybe doing it yourself, um, your own salads and just bring a piece of chicken from the night before, you can just cut it up and write in your desk or um, put it in your salad before you do it. And then also salad dressing, George, that's another thing that I, I, feel, I teach people how to make is salad dressing because salad dressings can be expensive too and they can be higher in calorie than the salads. So just enjoying the the produce and, and not giving up. Tell him not to give up, to to, to give it a try and um, make his own salads and make his own salad dressings and finding the deals in the market for those items. Um, and then also good for him that he's choosing the salads than, um, than the other things. And it's, it's all in moderation, right? Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you so much. I have one quick caller. This uh, uh, we got Melinda Gonzalez from New Jersey. Melinda, you're on the Capicu show. Yes, I am. Hi, George. What's going on, lady? Uh, not much. I just wanted to chime in a little bit about the work that I've been doing um, to promote healthy living in the Latino community, and uh, I was just listening to the conversation on you know, food expenses and, and things like that. And I, I just wanted to say that I think a lot of the times when we think about the cost of, of food, we only think short term. We're only thinking about how much is, you know, you know, how much are these ingredients going to cost me today? And we're not thinking about the long-term side effects and health effects um, of what is going to happen if people are eating unhealthy food, you know, um, for example, with diabetes. Um, and, you know, cancer and, and all of these high rates of disease that we have right now, that is going to cost us a lot more money in the long run than, you know, if we start eating healthy right now. Um, so some of the work that I'm doing is I just wrote a book. Um, it's called Live Latin Inspired Vegan and Vegetarian Eats. It's on my website, um, which is organicmelinda.com. And um, I offer consultations and different services for people who want to switch their lives to a non-GMO lifestyle. Um, so I just wanted to say that it can be done. It can be done on a budget. And um, I think that we need to redefine what we mean by cost and also 
our ideas of, you know, depriving ourselves because, you know, when you deprive yourselves of, you know, eating junk food or you feel like you're depriving yourself of eating junk food, really what you're depriving yourself of is health and feeling good and living a longer life. So I just wanted to say that. I really do appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, Melinda's a long-time, she's a long-time listener and supporter. She's been Riding with Capicu since we uh since we started five oh seven almost seven years ago. I guess saying five, that's, I don't know five. That's, but it's almost it's been almost seven years. Yeah, that's wonderful, Melinda. And I I like it that um she 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 pointed out the the issue of health and um and I usually when people ask me about for instance going on another note on organic versus not organic conventional because I cannot afford organic. I say it's not just health, it's also the environment that we need to take care of and we need to think of and how we're going to be sustainable um, in, in longer terms for our children. So I'm glad the health issue is, is there's no price. There's no price on how to prevent diseases that are preventable, especially the diabetes that we have in our communities. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank oh, can I just say one more on. thing? Sorry. Oh, can you hear me? <laughs> Um, I just um, in, in my book, um, I talk about sort of the organic movement, and I think that what we need to specify is not necessarily for people to eat organic in the sense of the USDA organic. By organic, um, what I mean is to eat food as close to nature as possible. Um, and so a lot of local farms grow non-GMO pesticide-free food. So I'm very big on supporting your local farms um, as, you know, uh, you guys are saying, you know, uh, food co-ops and different things like that will help you because what's happening, the high cost of USDA organic labeling is actually creating a situation where the companies were kind of working to, I guess, uh, disempower in a sense are the same companies that are able to afford these labels. So in, the, in a way, we're, we're still supporting giant conglomerates and not really helping out our local communities. So definitely local sustainability is really important to our environment and just to our overall health. So um, in my book, I talk about a lot of these issues as well as I have recipes um, for people who want to eat healthier. Um, and, I mean, it's, it's a really big issue, and I'm really excited to sort of be part of this movement. Um, and I would like to connect with other people who are in, interested in it. Okay. Well, awesome. Thank you so much, ladies. Uh, again, Malena could be reached at malenanutricion.com. And as you just heard, um, Melinda's book can be purchased at organicmelinda.com. So thank you so much, ladies, and uh, we will be talking to you both soon. Take care. Thank you, too. Thank you, George. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I told you guys in the beginning of the show my sounds were messed up. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we're going to take a quick break. But this break is going to be a little bit different. Um, normally, we you know play a little bit of music to go into the next segment and whatnot. But uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to do something a little bit different. We are actually going to play uh, an excerpt from an interview that happened approximately about four, four and a half years ago um, 
when uh, an organization took hold of New York City by storm, uh, that organization, of course, was Latinos and Social Media. Um, we had our first conference at Columbia University on October 1st and 2nd uh, back then, and uh, and nothing's been the same since. The organization has grown immensely. Uh, the, the kind of work that's being done in the space has grown immensely. Uh, people, leaders have emerged. Um, there is actually a competitive landscape now. And we're going to be talking about what that means and uh, what's going to happen at this upcoming conference that is going to be setting off this weekend. So um, I want you guys to enjoy this uh, this interview. Um, it features one of uh, the founders of Latism, who unfortunately is no longer with us, Luis Pagan. So um, I just want us to kind of reflect a little bit on, you know, how far Latism has come before we get into the conversation tonight. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back after this uh this break. Dale reggae, Tony. Okay, I just want to pause it real quick and say that the interview is right after the music break. It's just about two minutes long. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back with the whole team of activism. Thank you. Dale reggae, Tony. Facebook, 
Twitter, LinkedIn, texting, email, internet, I think Facebook, AIM, Google Chat. I'm a Latina in social media. I'm a Latino in social media. I am a Latina in social media. I am a Latino in social media. I'm a Latino in social media. Look at you. Y por supuesto, I'm a Latino in social media. My name is George Torres. I'm your host for this evening. Uh, I'm here with uh, Cynthia, la chica que pica. Wepa. Where are you, Cynthia? Wepa. I'm Wepa. here. ¿Qué, qué a la, una Latina en social media aquí mismo. Aquí mismo. We also have on the air uh, Ana Herca Castro. We have Nancy Arroyo Perez. And we have Hello. our friend, Luis Pagán. Luis Pagán, ¿qué Señor pasó? Señor Pagán. Hey, hello, oh, everybody. Bienvenido, señor Pagan. Hello, buenas noches. Luis Pagan is known as the padrino of the social media. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, man? What's going on, Luis? Nothing. Uh, thank you. This is a great show, George. You're, uh, this, is in, this is your element. This is a great show. I, I don't know how to do radio. I'm just here having a good time. But uh, <laughs> we're just having a really good time doing something that we know nothing about. How about that? Isn't that how we all start out anyway? This is how yeah. we all start so, out. Uh, so we were having a conversation with Anna and Nancy. We were talking a little bit about uh, who they are and what their business is. So let's do the same thing for you. Let's talk a little bit about who you were before Latism, and then we can go a little bit into the specifics of Latism and, and what we're trying to accomplish here. Okay, before Latism, i got to rewind. Uh, I've been in social media for about about five years. Uh, blogging is my roots. Uh, I've created a blog, latinopundit.com. I had some humble beginnings over at blogspot, latinopundit.blogspot.com. And after uh, about a few months, I moved to my own domain, latinopundit.com, and I started to talk about politics and content that was related to Latinos and Latino interests as well as culture. Uh, what I was trying to do was give a voice to Latinos in a popular blogosphere. When I started, there was maybe, I found maybe a few, a handful, maybe five Latino bloggers, and I felt it wasn't enough. So I started blogging, and I did that for about five years, and I made a lot of headway, and I was I'm very... I'm very happy and very thankful to my experience doing that. Uh, nowadays, there's plenty, there's, to my joy, there's plenty of, plenty of Latino bloggers from food to politics to culture to media to education, what have you. We're all over the place. So I feel LatinoPunda.com has done a great job and paved a lot of way. And there are a lot of bloggers that do even better job than I do. So uh, I took about a year off uh, with the birth of my daughter. I got married, birth of my daughter, and I took about a year off. And within that time, I got very interested in social media as a whole, that being Facebook, Twitter, MySpace. And uh, I also got interested in marketing, advertisement, the whole nine yards. 
And uh, I had a conversation with Anna one day on Twitter, and she said to me, you know, I'm surprised at all the Latinos in, um, on Twitter. And I said, yeah. She said, we should do something. I said, yeah. And to make a long story <laughs> short, here we are now, <laughs> Latinos and Social Radio and Capicu Radio, and it's a really great thing. We came a long way. Now, now, what a lot of people don't realize is that Block Talk Radio is also a form of social media, and they have done Absolutely. a great job conver- converging um, the radio experience with Twitter and Facebook. You can now uh, sign in and send out your immediate alerts to all your Twitter friends. I mean, this platform has been really great, and I've gotten so many offers to move this show to other places, and even places with bigger names than Block Talk Radio. But I really honestly feel that this platform is the right platform because this is where it was born. Uh, I believe that my the people that I reach, I reach because of social media, so I couldn't I couldn't deny that. So I, I big shout-out to Block Talk Radio for letting us do what we do here. Un aplauso. We actually got a little budget, so we got some sound effects now. So we're gonna take a quick yeah. call. <laughs> we're gonna take a quick call from the area from 305, which, if I'm not mistaken, is Miami. Call it from the 305. You're on Radio Capicu. All right, mi gente. That was it right there. That was uh, a show that we did a little bit over four years ago um, to promote the first uh, Latism conference. And um, you know, like I said. Uh, our good friend, the late Luis Pagan, was with us that day. And uh, it was it was a great conversation. If you want to listen to the whole show, you can see it in our archive. Um, it was 2009 um, show. It's one of our first shows, actually. Um, but, um, you know, I don't even know where to go from here. But uh, I, want, I want to welcome uh, two very important people um, that have become really good friends. And uh, they are... In, in uh, right now, two of the uh, emerging leaders from the Latism crew. I want to welcome Sal Mendoza, the New York City chapter director and tech track leader. And I also want to welcome uh, Alcides Aguas Vivas, uh, owner of pixelgraphics.com and conference graphic designer. Um, welcome, guys. I really appreciate you being here today on the Capicu Show. Hi, George. How are you? Thank you for having us on the air. How's it going? I'm I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here with you guys. Um, Sal, you there? Uh, yes, I'm here. Thank you, George. I really appreciate it uh, that you're having us on. All right. Well, I wish I had an applause for you. That budget that we talked about in that last show and that clip right now, the, yeah, that budget got revoked. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great um, show. But no, that, that it was. It was, and for so many different reasons. I mean, we were just really um, getting our feet wet. We're trying to do online radio. Um, my co-host and I, and, and we just had really good conversations with really good people, including Lewis. Uh, earlier in that um, in that segment, uh, we talked to uh, Ana Roca Castro, uh, founder of Latism, and we also spoke to Nancy Arroyo Perez uh, from out in Florida, who was also helping us, uh, you know, prepare for some conferences out there. Um, so you know, it was a really good time. It was a uh, it was an exciting time, you know. People were just coming out of the woodwork saying, "I'm Latino, I tweet," you know, and you know, it was just it was a really cool time. But now we find ourselves <clears throat> here, uh, four and a half years later, or four years later, and uh, we're about to embark on a new, even more exciting time. 
So why don't you tell us a little bit about that, Sal? Well, George, I, I think we've come a long way from, from when you did that interview with um, with Lewis and, and Anna. Uh, you know, Latism is entering its uh, fifth year, uh, and uh, this year, uh, you know, uh, we I want to celebrate that, and uh, we're bringing back the conference uh, here to New York. Um, you know, bigger, better, uh, I would say. Absolutely. And uh, we uh, obviously there's. I know that uh, you and me got a chance to hang out in uh, in Hispanicize this past April, and yeah. you were talking to me about a lot of exciting things that you wanted to bring to the conference uh, with your team. Why don't you tell us about some of the things that are going to be very different this year about Latism? Well, I mean, Latism this year, one thing that the organization wants to bring back, it's, uh, it's its fifth year. Uh, the organization is back in New York City. Uh, when we first started, the first conference in New York, was in New York City. There were about 50 people. This year we're expecting between 1,000 and 1,200 people uh, to come to the conference, which is a pretty major compared to how it was a few years back. So the conference and organization has definitely grown a lot. Um, we're bringing in a lot of different things, which as the show goes on, different people will be, speak, will be speaking from tennis tournaments at the U.S. Open facility to the first Latino hackathon to a, a huge immigration march movement going on the last day of the, uh, of the conference. But there's definitely a lot of little things that are going to be going on throughout the conference that we've never done before. Uh, which is an amazing thing for the conference, especially in New York City this year. Yeah, absolutely. I think the first conference was, uh, I think we were all trying to define the platforms more than anything. It was like almost everything was like 101 for the most part. Um, we found ourselves trying to explain what the platforms were, why we needed to be on there, why advertisers should look at us or, or marketers should look at us to be influencers. But we're past all that now. Now we're 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 in the driver's seat now. Um, we're in a position right now where we can actually uh, really really make it happen in terms of uh, of redefining the space. Um, and one of the ways that you know I've been one of the things I've been working on with my team is health. Um, and I know that uh, we have uh, Helen Toncoso on the line, who uh, you know who we love very much. Um, she's always been a very strong advocate for health in the Latino space for as long as I know her. Um, and she's on the line today to talk a little bit about the health track for Latism. So, Helen, welcome to the Capicu Show. Hi, George. Thank you for having me. What's going on? You've been on the show before, but uh, now you're in a different capacity. Now you're going to talk a little bit about the exciting health platform that you're building with Latism and what we could expect from that on the, at the conference. Yes. So when I first thought of, like, the things that we needed to talk about um, that were a little bit different this year in a health track, I thought about all the things I saw on social media and the different Facebook groups um, on, the different posts talking about um, women and men, about depression, about being afraid to go to a therapist, thinking, what, we, what is your family going to say if you, if you need help? So that's why I was like, we need a mental health panel, which we do have, which which is being led by uh, Pauline Campos, who is the um, Latina Magazine Dimelo Advice columnist. And then okay. also and also another thing that we know about but we don't talk about is all our LGBTQ Latino brother and sisters. 
I mean, they're just a, as much of an important part of our community as anyone else, but we haven't had a panel before, so this year we do with Natalia Oberti Noguera from Pipeline Fellowship, um, Rosa Lanzo from Media Tech, Carlos Macias, which I know a lot of us know. And for the first time ever, we have two, yep, for the first time ever, we also have two live cooking demos because we always hear, yes, you have to cook this, cook that, it's easy, but now we're really going to show you how easy it is with little ingredients um, and a little bit of money and a lot of imagination how you can cook food that your family's going to love that still has a Latino sabor that we all need and that's healthy for you. So these are uh, just a few of the things that, you know, everyone that's coming to the conference for the health track is going to get to take a chance and uh, participate in. Oh, that's so awesome. And then uh, you also have a, uh, a panel called um, Urban Health. So talk to me a little bit about yeah. that that particular one. So we have this wonderful person called George Torres <laughs> on that panel that's you um, because, again, when we're, when we're talking about health, there's, the thing is we can't just talk about it for one different class or one, you know, one type of Latino because there isn't that person. There's many different types of uh, situations that we're in. So I'm so glad that you're joining us on this panel so we can really address the, the needs that this population needs to really get themselves healthier and the resources. And I know you do a lot of work in the community, so who better than someone like you to be letting us know what, what we need to, to do so we can do better, so we can improve on these um, statistics that we're seeing. That I know you know a lot, George, with the Porto Familia campaign, with the diabetes um, that's really hitting our kids, our Latino kids a lot with the obesity. Um, it's really getting out of hand and out of control for such a long time, and I'm glad that we're starting discussions like this to really start solving the problems instead of just talking about them. Absolutely. So, I mean, I wasn't fishing for a compliment or anything like that, but <laughs> talk to me about some of the other people that are on the panel with me. Well, we also have another uh, lady called Evelyn Alvarez that does a lot of work with the um, local community, and she's also going to be bringing some, I believe, kids from Big Brothers and Big Sisters to the tennis tournament that we're going to have. So that's another thing. We've never had um, sports, sporting events for lactism, and this year we have lactism sports. Uh, we partner up with the USTA. So how amazing is it that you can come to lactism and play tennis where they were just showing the U.S. Open uh, a couple of days ago. And that's been being run by Larry Petrosa and Ernesto Sosa, who've been doing an amazing job. And Evelyn, who's on your panel, has been working with them to bring um, kids to the tennis tournament to get them involved. So um, we have Larry on the line right now. So so I, I just want to I want Larry to chime in on that. So Larry, tennis at a Latino event, why not baseball, why not basketball or football? There's so many other sports. Why tennis? Well, um, like you were, you know, all, uh, by the way, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, tennis is a very social, uh, you know, event or, or, or sports compared to baseball. You're not going to get too many women out there. So we wanted to make sure we had our Latino brothers and sisters participating. And with the group that we have on, it's almost a 50-50. There's as many women playing as men. So, you know, uh, wow. in our industry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, 
in you know in our industry, whether we're social media, the marketing, or public relations, we're always stuck behind our computer screens. So me and Annette are the best way to get everybody disconnected from the, our technology and still bring social back into social media. And I told them, uh, let's do a tennis tournament. I've done events like this for other nonprofits, and uh, it's always been a very popular event, extremely popular, as a matter of fact. I've never, I've never seen it, but I'm looking forward to it. I actually played tennis back in the days. Um, so uh, you should have, uh, we still have yeah. a slot or two if you want to come on out there. There's, uh, I think uh, <laughs> we have a space or two. And this is team tennis. This isn't Wimbledon. That's what I've told everybody. There's going to be six people on each team, so it's social tennis. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think I look good in, uh, in tennis shorts these days, but maybe next year. Uh, it's okay. We're going maybe to have all year. kinds of beginners, and it's going to—it's just going to be a, a fun event. That's what it was, and like Helen was saying, we're going to have a bunch of little kids coming out there playing. So. How bad could it be if you got, you know, five and six and seven and an eight-year-old playing next to you? If he can do it, you can do it. Absolutely. Now, Larry, um, just because I'm I'm just now meeting you for the first time, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved with autism. Um, I come from the traditional advertising and uh, public relations side of uh, the business, and I got associated with Latism here, Latism South Florida chapter, about three and a half years ago, and uh, with uh, Blanca and Natasha down here, and they're the ones that introduced me to Ernesto, who, by the way, I happen to be working with now as part of SoWeb. And uh, I've always been involved in social media in one way or another. You could say how maybe one of the original social media guys coming out of the military, we were the first ones using computers as part of our communications, even before the public had it. Wow, that's that's awesome. So, uh, how long have you been a member of Latism now? I'd say about three and a half years. Three and a half years, maybe close to four. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, we look very forward to seeing a little bit of. I want to see how a tennis match unfolds at Latism. Now, where where are the tennis matches being held? At the the what do you call it? The Flushing Meadows uh, Park or the Billie Jean King National Tennis Center in Flushing Meadows. That's awesome. That's the home of the that's, U.S. That's Open. Amazing. That's where Nadal just finished winning the the U.S. Open um, a couple of days ago. So now that's it's last cool. <laughs> All right. You know, so we'll uh, have hope to see you out there. It'll be a fun event, uh, and it's a good way to get uh, – are people active? As like Helen was saying, 60% of the Latino community is either overweight or obese. So what better uh, as part of our health track to get our people out there and active and having fun? Absolutely. Definitely. Well, I really thank you, uh, Larry, for being on the show. Uh, looking forward to meeting you in person and uh, definitely want to see what you got out there on the, uh, on the tennis court. <laughs> Absolutely. No problem. We're going to have a lot of spectators. You're more than welcome. All right. All right. So I want to invite somebody else on the air um, who uh, has just joined us. And uh, to me, i got to tell you that this is one of the most, uh, the coolest people mm-hmm. i ever met in autism. She is uh, she's an amazing voice in social media. She's an advocate for people uh, way beyond social media. 
and uh, she is the founder of Latism, co-founder. Uh, Ana Roca Castro, how are you? Hola, ¿cómo estás, George? How are you, hermana? Long time no talk. I know, me tiene botada. <laughs> Yo te tengo botada. Mira, que el otro día I went to go say hi to you, and I was like, oh, how's things in Rochester? And she was like, mijo, yo me mudé para Albany hace tiempo. <laughs> so, yeah. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> but, um, but happy to, actually, the last time we saw each other was a very somber moment. Uh, we were just I reflecting know. on it a little bit earlier, which, which was uh, Lewis's uh, wake. Um, yeah. But it, it was always good to see you um, in, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, thank you for being here. So, Thank you for inviting so, so, us again. Absolutely, anytime. It's a Tukasa. So we're here, you know, four and a half years later, <laughs> five years later, really. Uh, wow. Time that, that <laughs> really, uh, really uh, took a, a hold and it started shaping itself. Um, now you're at the point where uh, it's a national organization uh, doing international work in some cases. Um, we're getting ready to come back to New York. Which, as you know, we did it. We had a beautiful conference in uh, at Columbia University uh, back in 2009. Right. So now we're getting ready to come back. How do you feel about this? How do you feel about the growth that Latism has has uh, exhibited over the last couple of years? Crazy. I mean, it's it's all been thanks to the hard work of so many people. You know, I think um, if it wasn't for for the community we wouldn't be where we are now. So I, I always say whatever bad happens to Latism is my fault. Whatever good happens to Latism is thanks to other people because it's it's really a miracle <laughs> that we're we're still on five years later, so strong, really, you know, becoming the, the voice of the voiceless and representing the 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 commun the members that need it the most. Um, and empowering the community, which was really, you know, at the end of that conference when we were still trying to figure out our identity, I remember um, the one thing we all agreed was that we wanted to um, to stay nonprofit and we wanted to, to advocate for the community. We wanted to empower the community. And that remained intact, you know, that remained very true to, to to the essence of who we are. So I have to say this. We went from not having uh, almost any sponsors at all. We called in a lot yeah. of favors individually, professionally, to make the first conference happen. And uh, from what I understand today, we have uh, Johnson & Johnson, Toyota, Google, and Univision all supporting Latism this year. Uh, at the Waldorf Astoria. Yeah, so, so I how mean, does that the support, happen? How, 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 the, how, the support how has been amazing. <laughs> well, you know, I think um, we've never actually looked for sponsors. They come to us, and and you know how it is. Uh, we've we've also had to send back uh, some money because we don't associate with everyone. So I think in that sense, for us, what's important is to be able to pay the bills. And if the partner is the right partner, come along and help us pay that bill. If it's not the right partner, then we'll, we we reduce the expense. You know, we make something smaller. Um, but, 
you know, I think the the partnership, for example, with Johnson and Johnson is, is really really incredible because they are all about using social media for social good. Um, and the same thing, you know, for the other partners that that we have, um, they need to be. Um, they're all like great partners that uh, embrace our mission. Absolutely. And I, and I do remember, like, the tweet-ups that we had with Univision, with the, where right. where we went into the boardroom, um, and I don't know how many of the people on the uh, that are listening actually were there, but we walked into the room, and I walked in with my baba, and I made everybody scream wepa. And um, <laughs> we had a bunch of people coming from the office, like, you know, they were wondering what, you know, we, we came in there, we were all loud, and we were cheering, and, you know, everybody was really excited about this, this event, and... Uh, and the people that were in the office working were kind of nervous, uh, but it was a fun, it was a fun event. <laughs> yeah, totally. That was like I a, mean, we we have that the team meet. Yeah, we have the team meet. Uh, we just had a team meeting um, there. Univision is a great partner. Um, they they really help us be that voice and amplify the voice. And and you know, I think the community that Univision can reach is exactly the community that we want to empower. It's those uh, newly arrivals, um, you know, newly immigrants and the abuelitas and and, and so Absolutely. on. Well, when me and I were actually in Miami, we had a conversation about Univision and how a lot of the things that, uh, that a lot of the trends that we're seeing now in social media, um, they had a hold of that and they have, they have research based on on things that we didn't even think about five years ago. Uh, for example, I mean, who used the hashtag before Univision? La Uniclave is like the abuelito of the hashtag. You know, yeah. you went to the website, and anything that you wanted to find on, on Univision.com, you had your little hashtag, and you, you found it. You know what I mean? So I think that uh, that Univision is definitely the right partner for autism uh, for this. And then yeah. I, I just want to mention really quick, for anybody who is actually interested in uh, attending the conference, uh, the conference is happening uh, September 19th to 21st, 2013, which is only like, what, three days away? Um, yep. <laughs> at the Waldorf Astoria in New York City. Okay, this is the Latism 5 NYC conference. The hashtag is Latism13, so if you want updates of who's speaking and who, who you know in the space is actually going to be attending, uh, definitely follow that hashtag. And um, the tickets right now are available at uh, conference.latism.org. And uh, we have a special uh, discount, uh, a 10% discount uh, code that you could use. Just go uh, buy your tickets and put it in the uh, Radio Capicu hashtag. And, uh, you know, you get 10% off of your uh, conference price. Um, but, uh, Anna, just rewinding a little bit, what what is one of the biggest things that you want to to get out of this conference. I mean, we we already know what the growth is. We know how much of a different place we are today than we were four years ago. But looking forward and looking ahead, what do you want to see come out of this conference? You know, we, we have the, the five tracks. And, of course, for each segment uh, of the audience, uh, they're going to come out with the with – the, uh, I think with the new uh, um, set of tools. So for the educators, really the Latino educators, to learn how to use technology in the classroom, how to empower the kids 
through the use of tech innovation and social media. The same for the healthcare providers um, to understand how they can build awareness um, through the use of social media, um, uh, tolerance, you know, everything that has to do with uh, health and, and the new media, which is really a communication tool, an empowerment tool. The hackathon, you know, it's the first time we do a hackathon, but we're also having great technology workshops, you know, on uh, on how to use LinkedIn and how to, um, uh, you know, all kinds of, of workshops using the APIs, uh, the Google APIs, um, uh, raising funds, how to raise funds for your for your tech startup, uh, meeting with VCs, all kinds of things that are super important for, for our founders. Um, and then for the business is you know how to make that how to get to the next level using social media to to sell more to build more loyal customers to uh, engage your community and, and so on and then the I would say the highlight of this year is going to be the advocacy panel uh, track which will be all about immigration and all about um, pushing this bill to to become a law. So and that's why we're we're ending the conference with the with the immigration march, and you you asked me what would I would I, I want to see come out of the conference, a law. <laughs> I want the immigration bill to uh, turn into a law in October, and if we can take a little bit of credit for that, I will be the happiest person on earth. You know, and to me, it will be mission accomplished. Let's move on. <laughs> That's it. That would be the biggest fulfillment, I think, for all the sacrifices we're all making because all the volunteers, you, you've helped us organize conferences before, so all the volunteers have worked tirelessly um, and, and not sleeping. I mean, last night at 3 in the morning, we were still texting each other uh, because we need to send the magazine mm -hmm. to print, you know. So if you wow. do all this hard work, pays off by uh, making a law happen, it's worthy. It was all worthy, you know? Now, now before we move on, because I really want to talk about the hackathon, and I really want to spend some special time with Oscar uh, discussing that, but one of the things I, I wanted to ask you was, what do you think is the, what's the biggest surprise? What, what was the one thing that you never thought would happen but happened with Latism? Like, when you got there, you said, wow, I can't believe this is going on. Like, what was the biggest, your biggest aha moment? Oh. Did I lose Anna? Oh, I thought that was for Oscar. I I um, oh, no, we have the biggest... We, the biggest aha moment is, is pretty much every day. You know, I, I leave... Sometimes because I, I have a full-time job, you know, with, with my company, and, and I can't always be online. I can't always be on Twitter. And, and sometimes I just take a peek, and I see every second a Latino, you know, uh, saying something on, on social media using the, the, the Latism hashtag, uh, President Obama. Pelosi, the Congress, the Senate, you know, they're all using Latism as a hashtag. And to me, my, the aha moment was when I, when I saw that. And, I, and, and like, it, it'd been probably 
three, four weeks that I was I disappeared. And the aha moment was, wow, this is a movement that goes beyond me. I can disappear tomorrow, and autism goes on. And that was the biggest satisfaction uh, that I found was to find myself useless. <laughs> you know, I I love that because when something goes beyond a single person, then you you know that you've built a movement, that you've built something that's worth. Um, staying and it has nothing to do with a single person and I love that I uh, to me that that's been the biggest um, satisfaction oh. so yeah definitely I think you definitely accomplished that I mean you guys have gone everywhere all over the country you've gone to the White House like uh, I don't know where she's at I don't know why she couldn't make it on the show today but dile que ya hace falta who? Eliana. El, Eliana, I don't know. I texted her. I don't know. I I think she's in Miami in the Hispana Leadership Summit, so she could be on a plane yeah. or something like that. Pero ella hace falta. Dile que hace falta. I know. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, what we're going to do now is we're going to take a quick break. Anna, thank you so much for being on. The, I know you're really busy. Thank getting ready you. For the conference and all, all of you guys are busy, but um, I really appreciate your time of, and being here. Uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to go to a quick break, um, and uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking to Oscar, another one of the organizers about this uh, this hackathon, and we're going to find out what it's all about, what we can expect to see at Latism with the hackathon. And because Anna's on it, I know her favorite music genre is merengue. We're going to play a little bit of merengue. For the play, right? <laughs> I all love right, it. so you listen to the Copy Clue Show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the rest of the folks from Latism. Swallow it. I bet she me conseguía una fresca Got myself some rum Cause where I'm from sometimes you need some Me tomé mi trago Y una princesa pasó por mi lado La miré con ganas Con esa carita de fama Ella miró, oh sí, ella pasó, oh no Ella se volteó con una sonrisa Tengo que bailar con esta muñequita El DJ puso brinca Y enseguida quise jalarla para la pista Y cuando llegué, ahí llegó el tiburón Y con él se me fue
y la cambora Y todo va bien hasta ahora Hey, oh, hi ¿Qué pasó, qué pasó, mamá? Y aunque no sea de los sabrosos, el merengue revoltoso ahora Quiero hablar de los famosos Ventura Ajá, pero con coco, la coco yeah. La roca, pero no te vuelvas loco Son mi pari, yo que te acompañé Y aquí yo Hey, yo, Sandy, ¿qué pasó? What's up? ¡Vamos! 
quiero la lluvia. Ahora ella me ama lo máximo productions are in the building Your dumbass is the brain, then what the hell does that make me? Well, we're gonna need a bouncer, for sure. I mean, Mike's the money, I'm the brains, you would be the brawn. Why do I gotta be the brawn? First of all, Lou told me what you did to that bum in a fire the other day. Yeah. Nice work. Secondly, you know, you're big, you're Puerto Rican, you're kind of scary. I mean, who's gonna mess around in a bar with a big, giant, scary Puerto Rican guy standing in the door, you know? Except maybe other Puerto Ricans, but let's be honest, we're not gonna let them in. <laughs>
life is taking toll. Even these Christ to take my soul. Please tell me what price to pay to make it whole. Take control. I make it dope, but not enough to blow. Que pasa, mi gente? This is George Torres, and you're back on the Copy Cool Show here on Blog Talk Radio, where tonight we are talking to the folks who are putting together the most amazing conference that New York has seen in a long time, and that is the Latism 5 Conference being hosted at the Waldorf Astoria this September 19th to the 21st at in New York City. Um, so we have uh, another one of the organizers on the line right now. His name is Oscar. What's up, Oscar? How you doing? Hey, how's it going? What's going on, man? Oh, everything's going well. Just uh, you know, sending emails and uh, organizing the hackathon. <laughs> yep, crunch time, right? So, so this is probably the one thing um, I, I kind of know what a hackathon is, um, but I don't know how Latism is gonna remix it. So, first, tell me a little bit about the hackathon and what you have planned for Latism this year. Yeah, so uh, a hackathon is actually a really interesting um, event. Uh, I started getting involved in them maybe uh, not too long ago, uh, three years ago, I believe. But basically what they are, they're uh, kind of like a marathon, but a marathon that um, the com- the competitors are hackers or uh, developers, the computer programmers. Um, now, they are the ones that essentially make the whole hack- hackathon event sort of come alive. But in the more recent time, uh, hackathoners realize that usually the projects that come out of a hackathon end up looking really bad. So then um, in, the, in the last two years, you've seen uh, like these involvement from designers, graphic designers, and, uh, and then most recently entrepreneurs, like business people, so that they can uh, then get these ideas that uh, get put together with a programmer. So if you invent like next Facebook, then you need to make sure that, you know, the next Facebook looks really good. And then uh, once you have it looking really good, then you need to figure out how that new Facebook is going to make money. So it's essentially a hackathon is pretty simple. You just um, throw a bunch of ideas together and then uh, see if any any people are willing to collaborate with you to sort of make this idea come to life. Um, and uh, just some examples of projects that have come out of hackathons, like uh, – I mean, um, a lot of startups, uh, you know, started because of the hackathons, and currently companies like Facebook and Google and Yahoo and all these companies have internal hackathons where they ha- they pretty much give a challenge to their teams, to their developer teams and their graphic designers and their business people to collaborate together to sort of come up with the next generation of products. Um, and so basically I want to, when, when Anna uh, came to me, she said that, uh, you know, she wanted to have, a hackathon in in, in uh, Latism and uh, what what I thought initially was was what a great idea because um, you know Latinos are the biggest consumers of uh, digital technology and special mo- mobile technology. So um, one thing that I also know is that um, being involved in all these entrepreneurship uh, tech startups and uh, and then going to all these hackathons. Uh, whenever I go to these things, I'm like the only Latino there or, you know, one of three or one of four out of thousands of people that go to these things. So um, so then I started thinking that, you know, yeah, we're the biggest consumers, and uh, but there's not that many producers of the new technology. So I want to be – I wanted to be part of this uh, conference and basically give people a, a little glimpse as to how to begin to take those ideas because, you know, you might be working with WordPress in your blog 
And you might think there's like, you know, why has nobody invented this plugin or this widget or whatever it is to make my life better? Um, so it's pretty much getting that uh, concept, that idea, and uh, instead of trying to get somebody else to do it, it's like, wait, why don't I just do that myself? Like, you know, find the developer, tell them what my problem is, and then collaborate with them to make this idea come to life. So the whole point of these hackathons are to make all these projects, you know, all these ideas, all these concepts become a reality in a matter of 24 hours to 36 hours to 48 hours, depending on how long the hackathon is. Okay, and then uh, for this particular one, do you have a theme, or do you guys select like, kind of like what you want to make, or that comes any kind of idea? Like, how how does how does the structure work? Yeah, most hackathons do have a theme. Um, so they have a very specific specific theme. Like, it could be music, it could be uh, location based technology, it could be health. For for the Latism the Latism hackathon, we decided that uh, it, we were going to leave it pretty much open with a uh, Education, uh, ed education. Um, what else? <laughs> Business and health as the main topics for the hackathon. And then, uh, because technology okay. is already inherent in the hackathon, instead of technology, I sort of, uh, you know, pushed the idea of then involving com community and the the Latino community as one of the themes. So, um, as long as your project has to do with health, education, business, and the Latino community, then you know that's pretty much a prerequisite for uh, for the hackathon for your project to be um, eligible to win. So now, what what has been the response to the hackathon? Because obviously, this is the first time the Latino community is really participating in, in something like this. So, the developers that are out there that are attending Latism, how are they how are they responding to this? You know, there's been a lot of um, good response from people from Latinos that are in 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 technology and social media, especially other entrepreneurs. Uh, for the most part, um, you know, I've, I've gotten the same response from many people, which is, what is a hackathon? What is what is this, um, you know, isn't hacking like a bad thing? Are, are, am I going to get in trouble for, for uh, you know, hacking something together? And uh, so, the you know, the first thing that I, that I want to do with, with this hackathon is spread awareness that hacking is not, necessarily bad. I mean, you can do malicious hacking, which is, you know, what, what you see in the movies and everything, which is sort of breaking somebody's computer and then steal their information, which is, you know, that's not the good part about hacking, but you could do that. Um, the, the, good, the good part about hacking is that you can use those same exact skills, but instead of doing something malicious, something illegal, you can, you know, build a company, build the next, uh, you know, product that everybody's going to use, or... Uh, or just build something, a little tool that helps someone or, uh, you know, a little software that that will people can build on top of. Um, and uh, and I think that's the thing that really, that's, that's really powerful about hackathons, that people can get together, collaborate, throw ideas together, and then build the next generation of digital products, digital technology that we're going to be consuming. That's awesome, man. That, that sounds great. Uh, we do have a caller. Uh, calling mm -hmm. from Texas, we have Bertie Franco. What's up? Hey, how Bertie? are you? What's going on, Hello, lady? Can you hear me? Hi, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, we can hear you loud and clear. I'm here with Oscar. We're talking about hackathons, and when yeah. want to find out what you're trying to develop at the next hackathon, uh, Bertie. What am I going to develop for the next hackathon? <laughs> yeah, we're um, a joke. Uh. <laughs> oh well. You know, 
Well, I actually am very interested in attending. Um, there's a, a tech session um, kind of for developers, you know, from concept to creation type, and I'm really interested in, in kind of attending that and seeing it, you know, because unlike a lot of people with the develop, developer skills or that really know code and, um, you know, some of us still might have ideas, uh, you know, and just kind of, even if it's just putting them on paper and, and identifying. And so just sort of learning what that process looks like, I'm really interested in kind of learning that and then bringing it back to my community here in Texas. So um, I may not develop anything, Oscar, but I'll, I'll definitely be, you know, sneaking a peek at, at some of your sessions. No, absolutely. And uh, the only co the only comments I have about about what you're doing is that you know you're doing exactly what anybody interested in technology should do, and that is to get involved. Even even if you're even if you're just a spectator, if you're not actively involved, I mean, I, I think once you're participating, once you're inside the hackathon, by nature you're going to get involved regardless because it's just it's not as intimidating as it sounds. You know, uh, you have very very smart people surrounding you, but at the same time. They're very collaborative. I mean, hackathons by nature, and then and then things that have to do with prototyping and entrepreneurship, for the most part, is they they embrace people that are interested in these things. Um, especially if you if you know when you go to a hackathon, there's going to be a lot of developers, and uh, but at the same time, these developers are looking for teammates. They're looking for somebody that knows about business. They're looking for somebody that knows about social media and marketing. They're looking for somebody that lo that knows how to do graphic design for for their whatever project they have in mind. Also, there's a lot of developers out there, a lot of computer programmers that might have nothing to do. They're just there because they have their skills and they're looking for a, a cool idea to bring to life. So so if you're interested, definitely that's exactly what you should do. Go to one of these hackathons, one of these, um, you know, meetups that uh, around technology, around prototyping, and then get involved because, I mean, once you get in, get, once you get into it, um, you only learn, I mean, these are things that they don't teach you in school that, you know, the next right. technology is going to be, you know, this technology. And like, you you only learn, learn about the, the new technology by actually going to the, you know, to the den of the beast and, you know, getting involved and seeing what people are using and what tools they're using to develop. And even maybe if you're, if you're interested enough, you can just pick up some coding skills here and there. And if you go to enough, I mean, when I started, I wasn't, by far um, a quote-unquote developer, a computer programmer. I was, my my undergrad is in fine arts. So, you know, my whole life I spent my, you know, making money via graphic design or, or painting. <laughs> and then somehow I, I went to one of these hackathons and slowly made the transition from, from visual arts to, uh, to computer engineering and more recently to entrepreneurship. So getting involved with the actual business side of things. Nice. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. So, Bertie, you excited about your trip to New York? I'm very excited. I'm actually um, taking off tomorrow, not to New York right away, but I'm um, leaving San Antonio, headed to Dallas, and then counting the days to head to New York. I'm really, really excited. Is this your first time in New um, York? Um, it'll be my second time. Yeah, I've actually I've driven to New York from from Texas before, believe it or not. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was. That's you know, crazy. I made it a road trip thing, but um, but I'm excited. This is, I mean, the Waldorf Astoria, and and you know, really being part of this huge movement. Um, I've been involved with autism now, uh, 
a few years now. Um, I'm actually one of the directors for the Dallas Fort Worth chapter, and um, I I help with uh, strategic partnerships too for the for the conference. So um, it's definitely event that um, we've been working very hard uh, um, for months now, but um, it's also one that um, I really enjoy once I'm there. So I get to, um, you know, really try to, to go to the sessions myself. And, you know, and, and I think we all kind of do that. And that's um, one of the cool things about Latism is, you know, we really, um, a lot of us actually help put this event together because it's definitely a community and and uh, a labor of love and uh, that we also learn a lot. And I'm really looking forward to that. And then just being in the vibe, you know, being in the vibe of New York, and um, it's definitely going to be a highlight for me. Absolutely, definitely. Uh, Suzette, you're back, right? Yeah, I'm here. All right, so we're going to take another call. Thank you, Bertie, so much for being here, and I look Thank forward you. to hanging out with you guys. Um, we have a caller from the 973 area code. Caller from the 973, you're on the Copy Cool Show with Latism. Yes, that would be me, Jose Martinez. What's going on, Mr. Martinez? I'm doing pretty good. How you guys doing? Some of you guys are having fun. Oh, always having fun, man. I wish I could do this every day. <laughs> <laughs> so are you coming out to New York for autism? Oh, I can't wait, man. I'm actually here from New Jersey, so um, I'm very close to Lincoln Center. Okay. Now, are you an organizer or are you just attending? Well, I'm actually part of the organizing team for autism, yes. All right. So, what, what what part are you responsible for this year? Um. Well, we're also from Pixel Graphics. We're actually doing all the branding and design work. But I'm also helping out a little bit with the uh, health track. I'm actually moderating a panel this year, which I'm really excited about. Really, that Jose? Why did you tell me? Why did you tell me I am Jose? Now, now I know who you are. I said Jose. Jose Martinez. <laughs> yes, I'm Jose. Yeah, I said yes, I'm Jose. Yes, I'm oh, you. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. So yeah, so definitely you're, you're you're right next door in Jersey, but we're definitely gonna have a good time over here in New York. Uh, the way we do oh, it every time that we ever hang out at. This is the offer hook, man. Um, I'll see that. Or Jose, either one. Um, I know you guys. One of the big uh, differentiators from this year's conference is something that we didn't have the first time around was the gala. And I know you guys were talking about doing a themed gala, so. Tell me where, where, that, where that stands right now. Well, the gala, well, I'll, I'll, I'll let you take that one now. Well, uh, usually every year the gala, you know, it's obviously everybody loves the gala. It's a great event. We have an award show. Uh, this year we actually wanted to have a theme, uh, a twist on the, on the great Gatsby and have it called El Gran Gatsby um, and have everybody basically dressed in attire from the 1920s or anything like that that would resemble that era. Uh, we're going to have some great people. We're going to have some live bands. We're going to have DJs. We're going to have acts going on throughout the whole entire night. It should really be a great event compared to what we've had in the past few years. Uh, so everybody who's going and listening in, please uh, dress to impress. Find your – or go to the store, get your best uh, – you know, great Gatsby theme, 1920s attire, whether it's a tux with a bow tie or a female with a flap, whatever it may be, go on Pinterest, search for it, find uh, some ideas, but definitely come ready to dress and impress. Oh, yeah. 
I wasn't aware. I wasn't aware in the Adidas some shell tops with a white Aveda, but all right. <laughs> Not quite the thing. Not quite the thing that you were looking for. Get a fedora, make it look good. Get <laughs> <laughs> a tuxedo t-shirt. <laughs> tuxedo t-shirt and a Kango. I got you. We got another call from the two one zero area code. Call from the two one zero. You're on the Capicu show with Latism. Hi, this is Melanie. Hi, Melanie. Which Melanie is this? Hi. Uh, hi, this is Melody uh, Mendez Gonzalez, and I wanted to call in to um, talk to the people that I normally talk to online. I have been tweeting behind the lactism handle. So, um, you people in Twitterlandia keep me very busy, um, especially with lactism three coming up. So it's been, I just wanted to give a big shout out to everyone. Thank you very much. And thank you, George, for uh, supporting Latism 13. Absolutely. And yeah, you definitely do a good job as the voice of Latism on Twitter. Always active, always right there listening, getting ready to jump into the conversation. And the Twitter parties, oh man, the Twitter parties. Who does it bigger than Latism on the Twitter party? The last few Twitter Crazy. parties were actually really great. Melanie did a great job. Moderating all these Twitter parties. Now I have a question. How long into a Twitter party, Melanie? How long into a Twitter party do you guys start trending, on average? Uh, you know, I'm not really sure. Uh, I am kind of going like crazy for an hour. <laughs> so I, I uh, usually someone else will tweet out that we're that we're. Tw- Trending already because I'm I'm really busy trying to to stay engaged. Okay, all right. That's that's the right answer. The bosses are listening, just in case I miss the listening. So anyway, I I really I'm happy you guys came on the show today. Um, I think it's a very exciting week over here in New York. Um, Latino Heritage Month happening, baptism coming into town. So. I mean, yeah, this, this is it. This is the kickoff right here. And then you guys come into town in three days and, and turn it around. Um, again, I want to give a shout-out to the sponsors um, for the GS Latism, um, Univision, Toyota, Johnson & Johnson, and what am I missing? Google. Missing somebody. Google. Oh, Google, wow. Google has Google. done a great job for us. Yeah, they've been, uh, they've been getting it in. You have a couple of sponsors, though, right? You have McDonald's, Consumer Reports. Uh, who else? Oh, we, we have Goya. Um, we have, oof, we have, actually have a bunch of graphics, sponsors. Those dudes are off the hook. Pixel Graphics, of course. Uh, we Swa- have Swab. Swave. We have Goya, AT&T, McDonald's, Consumer Reports. Uh, there's definitely dozens, dozens of partners and sponsors going on to the conference this year. Yeah, I just want to, real quick, I just want to give a couple of shout-outs. Latina Style Business Series, El Diario de la Prensa, who's actually celebrating their anniversary. Uh, we got the Middlesex Country uh, County Regional Chamber of Commerce, the Statewide Hispanic Chamber, the National LBWA, Latina Bloggers Connect, uh, National Association of Hispanic Journalists, the Red Shoe Movement, Impacto, Latin News, Pennsylvania Conference for Women, the Massachusetts Conference for Women, the Texas Conference for Women, uh, Latin Vision, Bloggers of Health, Aldia, 
ULP uh, Network, Blistum, Fox News Latino, uh, Blogalicious, and Latin Trends. And, of course, Sophie Sophia Soul, Copy Cool. Um, of course, definitely uh, supporting you guys. Um, is there anything else you want to leave us with? I mean, uh, we have the we have the coupon. The coupon's going to be good until tomorrow at midnight. It's a ten percent discount code for Radio Copy Cool. Just put in the code Radio Copy Cool, and you get ten percent off the uh, the pass. Like, what what is what? Tell, tell me about the um, the actual uh, pricing for the conference. How much is the conference? Well, the conference has different levels of pricing. Uh, so. If you're a student, if you're a blogger, uh, the lowest price starts at $200 a ticket. So if you're able to sign up today and get the 10%, uh, you would save $20 on your on your ticket. But they go all the way up to $700 for executive badges uh, and media agencies. Got you. Okay. Which is fair. All right. That's awesome. So, yeah, you go 10% off of 200 That's 20 bucks off. You just have to enter your promotional code by going to conference.latism.org, and you can register for the conference there, get a full idea of what the agenda is like. The agenda kicks off on Thursday night uh, with the welcome registration, and we have a Bienvenida party, and it goes all the way into Sunday. And uh, and it's going to be up the hook. Anything else you want to tell us about it before we go? No, I think we, we covered a lot, actually. All right. So if you want to keep uh, keep uh, just kind of tuned in to what's going on with Latism, follow the hashtag Latism13. Uh, and you could um, also just, just, I mean, what I tell people to do all the time is if you really want to connect with the, the connectors within the organization, the best thing to do is check out the hashtag and just kind of go down the line and see who's saying something of interest and then just connect with them individually. Um, there's a lot of great people in Latism that are making a lot of beautiful things happen in the community. Definitely an organization that you want to connect with, especially if you're kind of curious about what's going on in the Latino social sphere. I mean, definitely that's the, the place to start. So I look forward to seeing you guys over in uh, the Waldorf on uh, Saturday. I'll be there on Saturday at 3 o'clock uh, doing the health panel with uh, Helen and a bunch of other great, great folks. Um, that's it. I think I got one more. Call up from the five area. Uh, honestly, just really want to thank you for having us on the air uh, and holding this special show for us. Uh, I think this is amazing. No, absolutely. And you know what? It, it's, it's interesting. It's like, you know, it's it's kind of, it's, it's very reminiscent of what happened with me in general. You know, I started my website 16 years ago, and 16 years ago there was really no peers. I had nobody to really talk to about, like, you know, how do we do this, how do we do that, you know. What's the best way to do this? How can we engage? Everything we had to figure it out, and it's kind of the same thing with um with with latism. When latism happened four years ago, it was me, Anna, Eliana, Louis, and uh, and Nancy. It was just five of us, and we did the whole thing. And they were all, they were all out of New York. You know, they weren't even in New York. They were all helping me from from where they were. So it was it was a very different dynamic, you know. And you guys have an amazing team. You have a great core of supporters here in New York. Um, so this, this, you know, it's only right that it should grow to the point that it's grown, uh, taking all those things into effect. So I'm really proud of the work that you guys are doing because you're definitely taking it to a different level, uh, especially the level that I know that Lewis would, would have liked to see if he was here today. So, um, you know, congratulations to you guys for making it happen in the way that you have. Uh, we do have some, I want to give a final word to somebody from the 585 area code around the Capicucho. Hello. Hello. 
Hi. Um, Hi. This is Kelly Mullaney. I'm calling uh, to give a shout out to the uh, the Latism organizers. They are doing a wonderful job, and with the promotion, I love the the design for the conference, and uh, I, it makes me very proud. I I was at the first conference also in New York um, four years ago, and uh, it makes me very proud to see how it has grown. And it's getting bigger and better every year. This year with the tennis tournament and with the uh, the hackathon and and the march is it's just a great movement. And and uh, I just want to let you know that it's a keep going and a, a congratulations. Thank you so much. I really well, thank you. appreciate that. I know the I know the organizers, especially those graphic designers that designed that uh, website and. Uh, and all the media for it. So yeah, thank you. All right, so, thank you. So that wraps it, man. We'll see you. We'll see you at the Waldorf Astoria again. Latism.org. If you want information, if you want to register, the coupon code is Radio Copy Cool, ten percent off. And I guess we'll see you there. You know, join the conversation. Muchas gracias y buenas noches. Good night. Copy.